0: And welcome to The Kink Perspective. My name's Chris. I'm a psychotherapist and consultant. On today's show, I want to really dive into something that's been coming up lately, not just on social media, but a lot inside of my private practice. And what I want to talk about today is the intricate threads that we face emotionally inside of relationships. And to understand this, we have to explore a very serious and unique universal truth that the words that we say to each other wield immense power once spoken now this power when it's harnessed carelessly can cut very very deep and it can leave long lasting scars that resonate for months years or a lifetime even after some of the wounds have healed now as we look at relationships themselves Particularly within the lifestyle, understanding that this dynamic is crucial for fostering bonds built in respect and communication of trust, and this is all that we do, if we are using words towards our partner that are intentionally hurtful, and I'm going to get into some differentiation because I'm not talking about degradation, we are taking away their trust in us, we're damaging their self-image. We're hurting them emotionally. And let me give you an example. In a recent counseling session that I had, a couple sat across from me. Now, they were both adorned with very heavy armor emotionally. And this was born of their own frustrations and disappointments. And this room echoed with a lot of bitterness of their exchanges. They sat separated, hands folded, not touching, no eye contact. The wife, Amy, she spoke a lot about anguish and pain, and in her voice I could hear the trembling with the weight of their emotional struggles. Every argument, she said, became a barrage of cruel words that they exchanged as if it was a competition of who could hurt who more. It was as if they were in a battlefield, hurting, hurling verbal ammunition at one another and when i turned and asked john he looked down he was visibly affected by amy's words not only contemplating the things that he had said but contemplating the the hurt that amy had said to him this verbal warfare had escalated so much it had caused Massive emotional casualties that scarred not only their hearts, but the very foundation of their relationship and their marriage. And this became a stark reminder of the enduring power of words and how much they hold, especially within the complex dynamics of relationships themselves. And that's the one thing that I think we seem to struggle with. So how do we understand the impact of words? well this lies at the very heart of the issue that i'm talking about today words though intangible they possess a very undeniable weight and in relationships their impact can be very very profound and enduring affecting the emotional landscape and the bonds that we share and the trust that we built now this definitely holds true within the context of bdsm relationships even Transcending the confines of degradation play and echoing in the spaces where power dynamics thrive. In the lifestyle itself, communication is the bedrock upon which all of our trust and consent is built. Now, that's undeniable. Now, whether in scenes or the intricate play of dynamics goes as they unfold over weeks or months or years, our words guide actions and they set the boundaries. They adjust the negotiations that we're willing to do with one another as we move forward. Now, just as affirming and encouraging words can strengthen these bonds, derogatory or hurtful words can erode them, and they cause lasting emotional damage. Now, consider for a moment a submissive partner enduring degrading language during a scene that's been set up and pre-negotiated. Now, while consensual degradation may be a part of their dynamic, The importance of aftercare and ensuring the emotional well-being can't be overstated. Words, even when part of role play, can linger. And that lingering moment can feel like an eternity. And this can potentially trigger lasting emotional scars if it's not navigated and processed appropriately. And this is why there's always constant discussion around why aftercare, for the most part, and for many is necessary it's not always required and some people don't want it that's fine but beyond the scenes and the intimate moments outside of our structured play uncontrolled language especially during an argument can seep into the foundations of a BDSM relationship or any relationship for that matter and hurtful words when they're exchanged especially in anger or frustration can fracture that trust especially the ones that hold such dynamics together. And they leave these emotional wounds that persist even after the arguments have gone away, even after the apologies come out. Understanding the magnitude of this impact prompts us to wield our words with a lot more care and recognize that within the BDSM dynamics and all relationships for that matter, the scars of spoken pain can run truly deep and they can truly be very, very long-lasting. The question is is how much responsibility that we are going to have when we're starting to choose our words and when we're getting into arguments because then, it, as I alluded to before with the people's names I've changed, the arguments ensue and they lose sight of what initially sparked it and it becomes a battle of tit-for-tat And as it escalates, we start saying things. We start becoming mean and we start becoming cruel. And why do we become mean and why do we become cruel? Because we are hurting ourselves and we want to inflict that pain on somebody else so they can know how we feel. But when we do this, we're actually inflicting more pain and more hurt and we are causing a lot more damage in the long run. And this is when I talked about recently about how do we communicate effectively inside of our relationships. So now as we understand relationships, and most of us have had relationships throughout our lives, or if you've never had a serious relationship, one thing that we all need to understand, whether you're new to a relationship or you are a seasoned pro, or hopefully you know you have a hundred, hundred relationships because maybe they're not working, but that's a different topic for another day. We need to understand that, and I stress this so much, effective communication is the compass that guides us through these stormy seas. Now within our lifestyle, especially when power dynamics add a complexity and clear and respectful communication becomes even more vital, this really serves, communication serves as this beacon that illuminates the boundaries, desires, and consent of all that is involved. And I need to add something in here because recently there is this charlatan, I'm going to say, that will effectively tell you they are not a therapist and they will also tell you that if you pay them hundreds and hundreds of dollars per hour, that they'll teach you different ways to interact with your partner. So another word for communication. I don't know if you're going to end up writing letters or you're going to use smoke signals or you're going to send you know binary code or ASCII code to each other but none of that is going to be helpful and I'm bringing this in because I'm starting to see these push people push not really because they're trying to be helpful what they are trying to do in my opinion is generate money because they're working with all of these other companies and they're trying to get you to buy their product you know thirty nine ninety five that takes you to level one and this starts getting more expensive now I'm digressing here a little bit but I'm harping on this point because it's starting to come up especially within social media fetish.com alt uh, fat life i see these this and this individual and other individuals like this pushing these notions as relationship coaches that you can find different ways to work things out well you can't you need to talk you need to explain what is What's affecting you, what emotionally has been said, what hurt has been said, and what path you can get on to start that healing, even if that means starting the relationship over from a friendship. If you buy into the notions of what these people are saying, you are going to set yourself up for a lot more harm and a lot less money in your pocketbook and more money in theirs. And ultimately, they don't care. I don't recommend going to those people. I digressed enough. So let me get back on track here. Now. The main point of communication. Effectively, communication involves something I just talked about or I wrote about this past week about active listening and expressing oneself honestly without resorting to harmful language. It's about using I statements instead of the accusatory you statements. For example, when I was talking with Amy and John, instead of, When we say, and I'll explain why, when we say I statements, we are talking about how we feel, what's going on inside of us, and how that's affected us. This allows us to communicate that. When we say, make accusatory statements, you statements, you did this, you did that, we put somebody else on the defensive, we take no onus for our own responsibility and part of what's going on. And all relationships share a balance of, 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 you know, there's a balance here of when things go wrong that both people have a responsibility when things go wrong. But if we start using you statements, we are going to put our partner on the defensive. We are then telling them we accept no blame in anything we've done. And the disagreement or whatever else it might be is going to effectively keep going forward without a resolution. So, for example, when I had Amy sitting there, I explained, use an I statement, I feel hurt when. This opens the door for dialogue and it fosters empathy, understanding, and active listening. John had to sit and listen to what his wife was saying, then processed it, repeated it back what he thought he heard, so she can understand how he interpreted what she said. Now, within our lifestyle, these principles are amplified. Domains of power exchange thrive on trust, and that trust hinges on candid conversation about boundaries and expectations and negotiations and play. But without this foundation of communication, scenes are going to turn from exhilarating to damage and pain and harm and relationships are going to be completely dissolved I mean why would I want to get involved with somebody who's not communicating to me I if I meet somebody even when I've done pickup play I there's a lot of negotiation if they're just if they just tell me now nah, do what you want that's not somebody I wanted I've not wanted to get involved with even as a dominant even for pickup play It tells me they don't know enough about the lifestyle. They may not know about their own own emotional impact that we're going to encounter. So that's not somebody that for me is stable enough that I'm going to want to engage with. And the same goes the other direction. We often emphasize, I often emphasize for couples that come to me or even somebody inside of a relationship dynamic comes to me about regular check-ins between partners and how paramount they are. Now in the beginning, when I was first involved in my dynamic, uh, we set uh, every six weeks, we had regular, these were regular check-ins for us. As we started to move momentum, we then increased that to every four weeks. As we became more comfortable over the years with each other, then we now have moved to a very comfortable, which is always actually, and it's completely negotiable to increase it again, to about every three months because we're at a point where we know each other quite well and we understand each other's movements, breaths, physical sensations, I understand emotional feedback from my partner, but we've built that up over a nine year period. It's taken time and a lot of work and effort on both of our parts to get there. Now the ability to openly discuss desires and limits and emotions ensures that the power exchange remains consensual and mutually fulfilling. Because it cannot be one-sided. We understand that we can establish safe words or can negotiate things that our dynamic doesn't supersede like family or work commitments or uh, our personal health or even our educational pursuits. You may all negotiate that differently, but for me, a lot of those things hold a lot more weight over my dynamic than the dynamic itself. We have to work in the table for me specifically, and I know many others, aftercare plans, which this in turn solidifies this trust that we have between us. It highlights the significance of both parties and the spoken and unspoken elements of communications within the dynamic itself. Now, navigating this you know, complex web that we have inside of the BDSM realm, right? It, it's a necessity and a conscious effort to wield words respectfully and treat each other with kindness and compassion. Because there's not really, I mean, depending on your settings or the type of hierarchy structures you might be into, there isn't a reason where we can't be cordial and, and pleasant towards each other. And this, in turn, ensures that communication remains a lighthouse guiding both partners or our community safely through the wonderful world of the lifestyle itself now how do we deal with healing and reconciliation once words of of anger or hatred or pain have been inflicted now after the storm of these hurtful words has passed the process of healing and reconciliation begins and we have to let that storm subside first sometimes When I'm working with people, it takes a long time to figure out what brought the storm on in the first place. Now, in relationships, particularly within our community, this phase is very crucial and it defines the resilience and the strengths of the bonds that we share, especially the bonds that we're creating or the bonds we've even negotiated. Now, healing begins with acknowledging the the damage we've inflicted by the hurtful words that we've said, and taking responsibility for our actions. A genuine apology goes beyond saying, I'm sorry, and delves into the understanding of the pain that we've actually caused. And to be honest with you, it brings me to this example. I believe there was this politician somewhere down in Florida. You know, he got pulled over. And I mean, it wasn't a relationship, but I'm talking about the power of an apology. And he started wielding his political power and threatening this woman, this female officer's job. And he comes out, obviously, you know, he was in the wrong, makes this faux apology that, you know, so he didn't, there was no genuine apology there. It was fake and it was it placated. And that in turn affected that officer. We have to understand that we have to go deep into the pain that we've caused and be sincere, especially inside of a relationship. Because if we are saying hurtful things to someone that we say we care about, that we love, that we're intimate with, that we have an intimate knowledge of, those wounds are going to cut very, very deep because the words can't go away. Now, reconciliation, however, requires both parties to be committed to moving forward, rebuilding trust, and working towards a healthier and more respectful dynamic. It also means we can't hold on to an argument that we had four years ago and bring it back up in something new, because if you both agreed to heal and reconcile over that, we can no longer use it as a weapon against each other moving forward. And many people often do. And it doesn't matter who does it more. That's not the point, because that would then for me would be me doing a competition style inside of a relationship and who inflicts more pain. Now, within BDSM dynamics, this process may involve renegotiating boundaries, definitely renegotiating our communication protocols. It's about reconstructing the power dynamic with a renewed understanding of each other's emotional needs and limits it really focuses now maybe on a new emphasis of aftercare. Often we understand this to be a huge staple of our BDSM plays and scenes. And it's going to ex- definitely extend beyond the physical care to the emotional healing, emphasizing the importance of nurturing the psyche and any other distressing experience our partners may, get, may feel, not just physically, but emotionally or psychologically. And in conventional relationships and within the complex understanding of our lifestyle that we are all or many of us are in inside of BDSM, the journey from hurt to healing is a testament to the resilience of the human spirit and the power of intentional respectful communication and nurturing a relationship back to the brink of health and moving it forward. So when we're looking at all of this, how are we incorporating this into our dynamics? Well, inside of our lifestyle dynamics, our communication transcends the ordinary. Right? We every things that people do in the the regular world or the vanilla world are quite different than how we may conduct ourselves inside of the lifestyle experience. This becomes the lifeblood that sustains the beauty and the intensity of the BDSM dynamic within the lifestyle itself. And we need to understand something here. While derogatory language can be consensual and even arousing within degradation play, its use should never be to undermine the foundational respect of consent inside of the relationship itself. And the BDSM community thrives on this principle of safe, sane, and consensual and eventually I'm going to really tackle that because all three of those things are different. But this really extends to the language used where all parties involved understand and consent to the words being used so they ensure that boundaries are respected and maintained. Now, outside of these structured scenes that we participate in, communication remains and still a, a central focus of the dynamics and it's paramount for them. We need to be allowed to express our feelings both dominant and submissive. We need to be allowed to express our concerns, our desires in a respectful manner that maintains the delicate balance of power inside of the dynamic and fosters a healthy and thriving relationship itself. Now just as in any relationship Crossing the line from consensual degradation to genuine harm We already know is going to cause for the most part irreparable damage But incorporating these principles of respect and communication consent kindness compassion even if you're a sadist and we are talking about inflicting uh, Consensual hurt not harm When we understand or, or we're degradating our partner Outside of these things, we understand that all of these principles here are the essence of a BDSM dynamic itself. It ensures that the words, whether they tender or harsh, sting, or are wielded with care, foster relationships that are grounded in consent and understanding and emotional connection. And that really becomes that paramount for all of us. It becomes the, the thing that we are all looking for and striving for. Now, human relationships are, are complex, and each one, no two will ever look alike. But the power of words is both a double-edged sword, as well as it is a precious gift between us. It gives us our ability to communicate both tenderly and harshly, profoundly impacts those we love and cherish. Now, the story I shared with you earlier about my clients shed light on the wounds caused by these hurtful words. And I don't want to go into the full description of the things that they were saying to each other, because I've heard things before, but they were just hurtful and impactful. But this illustrates how they linger far beyond the moment of utterance, weeks, months, years into the relationship, to the point that maybe the relationship or this particular case, this marriage, are no longer repairable. Time will tell. However, it is written within our grasp to harness the power of responsibility, to communicate empathy and understanding to our partners and to ourselves. Now, from a psychological standpoint, this often emphasizes the significance of language and its direct link to our thoughts, our emotions and our behavior. There is this exercise that I, when I'm working with people, I talk about automatic thought response, right? It's got a very long name, but I just call them automatic thoughts. So we have a situation that leads us to a thought that thought will instantly lead us to an emotion. And when I start pointing this out to clients and how this works, we're able to put a linchpin in before we get to our emotional state so we can stay in our logical sense and our logical realm so we can understand what that situation may have done before it affects us emotionally. And it's a powerful tool that when I'm working with people allows us not to get to the point where our emotions take over and we're no longer clearly thinking, and then we may say something that we, we regret. Now words not only reflect our internal state, but they reflect our shape, uh, the shape of it as well. The words we choose, especially in the moments of conflict or distress, hold the potential to either aggravate the situation or, conversely, pave the way towards resolution and growth. Now, as we navigate these realms of relationships, and they're difficult, no relationship is easy. I don't care if you're just starting out or you've been in a relationship for 25 years, especially the ones when we're looking at BDSM Dynamics. I want you to think about this. How can we utilize the power of our words to build bridges rather than fortifying our own defenses so we can feel protected? And two, can we embrace the transformative potential of communication and elevate our relationships to greater heights of understanding and intimacy? Now, I want you to think about this and let this kind of resonate with you. Words, once they're spoken, cannot be unspoken. They echo in the chambers of our hearts. They leave imprints that can last an eternity. So, we all, in this vast dance of communication, need to wield our words with wisdom, compassion, and intention, nurturing relationships that thrive on the beauty of respect, consent, and love. And not with the intent of harm, especially for those we care for. I do have a book out, Tangled Desires Exploring the Intersection of BDSM and Psychology. It is available wherever you can buy your. Uh, ebooks yes i'm currently working on the second edition so to take care of some of the things that have been pointed out to me and i'm working on a hard book now for some who have asked me i'm trying to get that out there i am working on a cost reduction to make it more effective for everybody if you do follow me on spotify or on apple podcasts please rate me five stars so other people can find me like and subscribe and all that wonderful stuff until next time everybody be safe stay king Oh, 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 oh,